Hello everyone, welcome back to part three of the Stompcast. Roxy and I wandering through the park. I really hope you've enjoyed part one and two. I'm sure that you have. And you know, taken away some really key bits that can be helpful to you personally. And um, whether you've listened to this in one go or you've come at this at a new day, I know you're gonna enjoy part three. So boots on, get going, let's get stomping. Roxy, have you enjoyed the stomp so far? Oh, so much, so much. I love, I love that you've honestly, I feel like because of you and your community, you create such a safe space to talk about things that, you know, I didn't really expect to talk about things like the BDD, but I know that you've got such a lovely community that it's not really safe yeah. to do so, well, so I'm, thank you. I'm so glad that you felt that comfortable. And, I, I, and I'm, I am very, I feel very fortunate. I, I always say like my Instagram is a community and I think I mean, you actually used the word community earlier as well. And I think, you know, that's, that's how social media should be, right? It's not like you've got something you put out and those are just the people that just engage in that or like mm. the followers, if you yeah. like. It's a community. We're here for each other. And I, I'm really glad for the Stompcast. I do feel even myself, I keep sharing some more stuff. And you go, <laughs> oh gosh, is this okay? Am I being too vulnerable? But, you know, it's kind of nice to feel that you can, you can talk. Look, I'd love to jump into a topic that I'm really interested in. And I think particularly over the last couple of years, it's been something that... I don't know, you see a lot of conversation about, and it's hedonism. Mm -hmm. Hedonism, I guess, I didn't really know what it meant a couple of years ago, but I guess it's living a life in the way that you really want to, that's often seen as like pleasure seeking or fun seeking. And I guess the confines of it are supposed to be that it doesn't negatively affect others. So it's kind of been tied to like partying and drink and going out loads. Like, I don't know if that's fair. Maybe other people would see hedonism very differently. And, you know, I guess it's different for different people, but that's at least how it's painted. Do you think that you have to kind of go through all that to come to a place of like, right, I'm chill now? Because I mean, I'm, I'm in bed by nine most nights. Same. I love a morning walk. I'm probably quite boring to a lot of people in that sense, but I, I love my life. Do, do you need to have tried this kind of hedonistic, you know, go out there in your twenties, live your best life, to then go, do you know what, I'm ready just to practice well-being now? No, I don't think so, actually. I think that times are changing, and I think that people who are younger, who are at school, who are teens, actually have different role models. So I think that wellness is becoming quite trendy and cool and that mm. means that they're probably if they're somebody that doesn't enjoy is that going us? are we cool is that what you're saying? i think so John, i think laugh. we are How pretty cool is i'm really cool i've got a north face jacket are you laughing <laughs> but you know i think that it's giving younger people permission to go to the gym or go to a workout class or go to a cooking class on a yeah. weekend rather than having to like get drunk and i think if you think about I don't know how old you are, but definitely my role models or people that were cool and celebrities were basically all just like coming out nightclubs drunk, drunk and yeah. doing drugs. Yeah, and it, so yeah, it was, yeah, and it was very glamorised. You know, when I was taking coke, even, I thought it? it was cool because yeah. I was like, well, all the other celebrities mm. are doing it. Or, you know, it was of that time. Whereas now, if you look at the supermodels now, like Kendall Jenner and Gigi Hadid and Bella Hadid, you don't see that at all. In fact, they're very pro you know, they're either pro not drinking or, yeah. you know, moderate drinking. There isn't that same culture. It not does feel different. I mean, I had um, someone was, t I mean, I, I don't know how many days it is now, but I'm kind of heading towards kind of 60 days of sobriety now. And, uh, and I had someone, uh, I had a mother talking to me today and she said, oh, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, I've actually been cutting down my drinking and whatever, but my kind of teenage 
uh, son kind of frowns and like thinks you're really uncool like oh look at you you're drinking like in a, <laughs> in a I guess in a way like in a teasing way but kind of being like oh that's not cool kind of thing like I don't yeah. think it's whereas when I was younger I was like, oh look at the adults they're drinking that's really cool like it was portrayed like that and I think that's what's interesting about hedonism is it's kind of like what's portrayed to be like this high life and fun life and like are the people doing it actually having fun I always find it interesting if you think about um I don't know I don't want to I don't know how I kind of discuss this in this way but I don't know if you look at for example people who say you know rock star lifestyle partying every night drinking every night I mean it looks really fun but are they actually have are they actually happy in what they're doing so when we were growing up looking at these lives, I think, oh, that's amazing. You kind of think, oh, that's real happiness. That's fun. Yeah. But maybe that's not the reality of what people are living. Well, I think that at the time, it's fun some, for, for the beginning bit. And then there's a reason why they all end up having to give it up. Mm. And I think that with any of that kind of lifestyle, there is a price to pay. Like, you do always pay the price. There's a you don't, it doesn't come free. Like you don't get to take that many drugs and drink that much and stay up that many nights and for it not to take a toll on your mental and physical health. You know, I definitely don't ever judge anyone that does or goes through it because it's an escape. I don't regret anything that I did. I had to go through those experiences. I think I feel like the best thing that I had in that time was people around me who didn't shame me. My family yeah, were amazing. Sure, and so it's really give, giving each other permission that like everyone's got to go on their own journey. But, you know, there is, a, there is a dark side of it. Not for everyone. Some people do just love going out and they don't, they don't feel the repercussions of it. And they love going out on a Saturday night and going out all night and, and, that, and look, whatever. Like... Yeah do whatever works for you so maybe the the moral of the story then is that if hedonism is a cup of tea bed and, and uh, a book at nine o'clock like it is for me yeah that's, that's you living your your wildest life totally I, I think it's uh it was expected that you would drink it mm. was like the culture of like it's it's kind of the irony is is crazy but you're kind of really expected to, to be part of that work hard play hard and if you don't fit in with that and you don't feel that that is actually fun that creates that inner turmoil and I think what we were saying at the start and you were talking about being authentic to yourself I think if you're living that and you genuinely enjoy that lifestyle and the balance for you is good that's great but really questioning yourself and going am I actually being authentic do I actually want to be out at three in the morning doing this is it really making me happy and I think that's that's the key, isn't it, of working out, you know, is it serving me the way it should be? Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think that, you know, one thing I hear a lot from people is, oh, I feel like I have to go out with my friends on, the fri- on a Friday night and I say yes to too many social things. And, you know, that again, that really comes with this fear of if I don't do it, I won't be liked, I'll be letting people down. And so really then you come back to the need for self-validation and self-love. And so... I mean, everything feeds back into the way we feel about ourselves, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. I'd like to talk to you about your life lessons. I really enjoy this part of the, of the episodes. It kind of, because I always take something away from people's experiences, and I'm sure people at home do as well. Like, what would you say are your, your biggest life lessons? And what are the things that you take forward now into, like, you know, into the present and into the future that you've taken from your experiences? Oh, there are so many. I think one of them and one of the things that for me is like 
I don't know, that I use the most as a tool day to day is being able to self-reflect and question all the behaviours that I have and all the things that I do. And I think before I used to just live life without ever pausing to ask myself, like, why am I doing this? Why am I behaving this way? Why am I stuck in this cycle? And it's only when you're able to actually question everything about what you do and who you are and why you are the way you are that you can actually change. Mm. So that's kind of one. The other is understanding that our mental health is precious and that it requires consistent attention. One thing I've done before is, and I don't know if you've ever had this, but I would find myself in these like self-help honeymoons. So I would feel good and then think, well, that's it, I'm cured. Yeah. And then you find yourself yeah. back. It's almost the eye of attention moves on to whatever else you're yeah. thinking about at that time. And then as soon as the eye of attention comes away, and I think that's what we were talking earlier on, I think, anything for anything to truly help you you must be consistent and you know when I started talking about um, self self-care and well-being good few years ago you know people some people are like oh well it's wishy-washy it doesn't do anything like we need you know hardcore treatments for things yeah actually all the evidence says that isn't true I mean for for most people for the vast majority of people without fundamentals of well-being and self-care each day you can have the fanciest named treatment or drug or therapy in the world it will not make a difference and I've asked that to the top psychiatrists yeah. in the world the top people in the world and they all say the same thing exactly you have to put in hard work and it is hard work yeah. sometimes you know again well-being I think it's amazing it is very cool sometimes it's painted as um being a bit easy and you know just sitting doing a yoga or whatever <laughs> and actually I find yoga really hard because I'm so inflexible <laughs> to me that is actually really hard work so it's not a good example but I, I really do think that and I hope I get across on this podcast that, you know, some of it is really hard work. And some days you really, like this one, I really didn't want to go out for the walk. I didn't feel good in myself this morning. Felt cloudy and muddled in my mind. And going out the door was really quite difficult. But I know that doing that each day is what makes a difference. <laughs> she saw us, ah, bless her. She, was, she wanted to come over this way instead. Sorry, I don't know where it was. Let's pick it up. Point. Um, I think it really is important that we all realise that it is that consistency, but it's also giving yourself a bit of compassion at the same time, which sounds a bit odd, because you go, well, do you know what? I didn't go to the gym that much this week. I didn't stick to some things I did. That's fine. All the things that you've ever done before have benefited from you. You have reaped the rewards of yeah. those things. Don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Just start again with yeah. compassion. You're not starting in new. You're starting with all your experiences, aren't you? And I guess with the life lessons, right, you're... You're learning from everything that's happened before, right? 100%. I love that. I love that. And I actually want to share one more life lesson. Please. Because I just remembered. And Please. it's my probably the best one. Nobody on earth is universally liked. You can't be liked by everyone. And I think for me, when I really understood that, I found it so liberating. And I try and just tell everyone all the time. Because if you think about your best friends or celebrities that you admire... There are people that love them and there are people that can't stand them. And I think when I learned that, I felt so liberated because I stopped trying to be liked by everyone. That's so good. And I was able to be authentically myself because I knew that there was no point trying to... Because if I did something, someone would like it and someone wouldn't. Yeah. So all I had to really do is make sure that I like who I am and I like what I'm doing and that I'm not harming anyone in that process. And... <laughs> 
We've got a dog joining us. <laughs> oh, my throw is terrible. There we go. Yes, great. Oh, there we go. We're keeping that okay. in. That's saying. Yeah, perfect. There's a cut point. Um, <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, and it, and it is liberating. And I think that especially, you know, f- I've noticed that as I'm kind of like, you know, spreading my message more and more, I'm mm. definitely getting more criticism mm. and more people that really don't like what I have to say. And learning to just be totally okay with that has been a real part of my journey it's empowering isn't yeah, it yeah and also you, you're gonna do like you're honouring the people that do like you when you do that and like it's like focusing yeah. your energy on them and not yeah. on the critics I think one of the things that, yeah I, I echo that so much one of the things I've learned is just, just like if you're proud of what you do and you know in yourself in your own heart that you're doing what's right and what you believe in some people like it some won't but you have to only you go to bed with yourself at night <laughs> yeah. truly you yeah. fall asleep with yourself don't you and that's yeah. what you've got to live with yeah absolutely Right, shall we do the health fact of the week? Yes, you ready? please. This is an interesting one. I enjoy, lo- enjoy doing these because um, what we do now is that I don't actually see them before we do it, so I'm reacting to it as well. So it's a genuine reaction from, from both of us. So Charlie gets to have a load of fun, do a load of Googling and find some facts. Hopefully they're right. I, <laughs> I don't know if they're not right. I, like, mm, I'm not sure about this one, but no, I'm sure it is. Right. Gratitude increases mental strength. A 2006 study published in Behaviour Research and Therapy found that Vietnam War veterans with higher levels of gratitude experienced lower rates of post-traumatic stress disorder. The study compared war veterans with PTSD to those without, and it showed that veterans with PTSD compared to those without PTSD exhibited significantly lower gratitude levels. A nice reminder to be, I guess, thankful for the smaller things during tough times in order to build resilience. Now, obviously, that's a very extreme example. I don't know what a war veteran would go through and, you know, those, yeah, it must be unimaginable times. But I guess even in in that maybe extreme example, it does make you think, doesn't it, about that gratitude point. I was thinking about it the other day because, you uh, you know, when my brother passed away, I think I had to have some gratitude. There had to be something in my life that I felt was worth being around for. Otherwise, you lose all that purpose. You've you know, become really lost. It's a scary place to be. And I think gratitude, even in the darkest times, is really important. Go, How can you be grateful when things feel so, so bad? Mm-hmm. But actually, get, having that gratitude gives you those foundations for building yourself back up again and going, okay, everything's ter- okay if, if everything truly is terrible, is there something in, in life that I'm grateful for? Even if it is the fact that I can breathe mm-hmm. air. I've got air in my lungs. I'm able to walk, whatever it is that basis of even if it's stripped back to the bare bones quite literally of gratitude then then it's it's essential I think without it I don't know how you recover from difficult things right yeah oh my gosh absolutely and it's why it's a whole kind of step that I talk about and because I really do like I love hearing that example because I think there is such there is so much research and there are so many studies that really do show us what gratitude does to our mental and, and physiological health. And there was another one that I loved by Dr. Joe Dispenza, who found that when people practice gratitude four times a day, mm. three days consecutively, they um, strengthen their immune system by 50%. Mm. And so there is this, like there are all these things that gratitude is doing for us, but as well, as you say, it's in these dark times, it's giving us an anchor. Mm. And it's almost like you're planting a seed. And if you can find gratitude for one thing, the next day you can find it for two and then for three. Exactly. And, I think for me, gratitude is all, all about finding joy in the ordinary and in the mundane. Absolutely. And it's about being able to actually practice cultivating and do it before something bad happens so that when it happens, you, your brain is already set to look for it. So when things are good, do this. And when things are feeling harder, but get into that habit of as you're going through your day, 
look at you know listen you know that moment we had the birds singing and that was a moment of like oh my god how lovely grateful that we can hear you know or i just saw yeah. these little kids playing sports day i was like yeah. my heart like yeah, it's, yeah. i really took that moment in yeah. of like how sweet is that or, you know our day is filled with them and so one of these exercises that i give in the book is the positivity journal mm. and i think if anybody listening did nothing else but did this exercise they would change their lives so mm. Every night I ask people to write down every single good thing that happened from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed. And I mean everything. So you wake up, the sun was shining. Some a good day, you've been yeah. there all night. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the point. But, you know, it's all these like mundane things. And what you realize is that, you know, like my coffee smelled good or someone yeah. smiled at yeah, me on the way, yeah. whatever. What you realize is that every single day is filled with beautiful moments that otherwise go totally, un- totally missed. Because right. we're, constantly, we're constantly obsessed with the top line, aren't we? We're obsessed with the kind of the the big goal whatever that might be and you miss all the little wins i call them little victories in yeah, the day yeah so like, what were the little victories though yeah. i love that gratitude idea i'm gonna give that a go yeah please that do go. so you know if you if you want to give that a try make sure you get both books i think was really what everyone needs you're gonna get both books yes. and if you're going to the airport you must look out <laughs> in the airport for, for both and they're still in hardback they're they're still hard, hardback. make sure you get both copies of the books i know that i've i've gone on about this but i think you know for the things that you described to, to reap those benefits you have to be consistent don't you mm-hmm. i think that's so important so please don't just get the books but really try it like give it a go for like a month do it every night for a month writing the gratitude everything you're grateful for from your day for a whole month and see those benefits right yeah absolutely i just think why not give it a why go. not try it <laughs> the status i think change is hard sometimes because change is scary but also change requires lifting yourself from the status quo yeah. so if you want to see any different outcome in your life you have to put the energy in to changing the status quo if you do the same thing over and over again you're gonna have the same outcomes einstein's theory of madness repeating the same action and expecting a different result and being surprised when you get the same one Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I've really enjoyed it. We've had a fantastic stomp. I've really, really enjoyed um, walking and talking with you. I think I've learned a lot myself. And yeah, I really hope everyone listening has. I'm sure that they have. So yeah, I wish you the best of luck. And hopefully you come down. If you haven't been around Batsy, let's go for a coffee around there sometime. Go for another stomp. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to everyone listening. As I say, we'll put the link um, on my social as well to the books. But, uh, you know, check them out. It'll be in the show notes and things. And yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the, another stomp. We've done another one. How many stomp casts have we done now, Charlie? We've done so many stomp casts. I think it could be the, like, the later stages of the 30s. Wow, 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 wow. It's incredible. I love every single one. And we, we're hurtling. We might even hit the million downloads by this point. We're hurtling in that way. So thank you to everyone that's joining us and you know everyone that's coming on the podcast, that's been on the podcast, and of course to all the listeners and stuff who join us each week for a stomp. Thank you, everyone. Take care and goodbye.